Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Abracadabra Video Podcast. started this series on self-mastery two months ago. It seems sort of like last week. It's amazing how time goes. So today's topic is relationships. I think the reason why this one fell right after the video podcast about identity is because the identity, our personal, say, identity of how we see ourselves and the relationships fall, like, basically together. And I'll just start right into it and say that the most important relationship that we have is with ourself. And, you know, there's all kinds of people in this world that make a ton of money off of giving relationship advice and, you know, trying to do things that have to do with other people and all this other stuff. But the most important relationship we have is the relationship that we have with ourselves. The relationship that we have with ourselves is reflected into the relationships that we have with everyone and everything else in reality. So that supersedes everything else. So that's what I'm going to start out talking about. And a lot of you that are watching this or listening to me right now might have already heard some of this information. But the, the key is, is there, uh, I guess the, uh, you know, I use the word the key all the time. But I think that the, our, within our minds, we're always looking for some kind of magic solution to how we get along with everyone or how to get along with certain people and and or magic pill or something. And really there is no magic solution or, or say a magic instantaneous pill that you can take. But really it comes back to how we, you know, how the relationship is within our own self and how we view the things 
that that is the key. So starting out talking about relationships in in relation to ourself. We have all kinds of different relationships. We have the actual relationship that we have with ourselves, like how we actually view ourselves. And that's, you know, I went into that in detail in the identity video podcast, the last one. It's the how we, you know, are we happy with ourselves? Are we content with ourselves? Do we love ourselves? Say how we view ourselves, of course, is one thing. And, and without conditions, do we love ourselves without conditions? Do we do we actually treat ourselves how we wish to be, say, treated by other people? You know, do we talk down to ourselves? Do we criticize ourselves? Do we judge ourselves? Do we, you know, there's all kinds of things that go into, you know, our view of our own self. Do you, you know, to really look at those reflections. And because those reflections play a role and, and or we reflect into the relationships we have with other people. So the, you know, let's, let's just start off some other things regarding the reflections of how, you know, we view ourselves. But say the relationship we have with food. I think I mentioned this briefly in a, another video podcast, but, you know, do we have a healthy relationship with food? And are we actually being truthful with ourselves regarding the food that we eat? Are we basically living uh, and eating food that we believe in, like our religion? Um, and that's what we eat is like a religious food eating concept. Or do we actually are truthful with the actual nutrients and what our bodies actually need? To be healthy, are we eating? You know, emotional eating all the time. Are we basically just totally disregarding the actual health and the nutrients that the body needs, and we are just basically eating emotionally? I think I used the example of eating a gallon of ice cream in a uh, previous video podcast about emotional eating and and an example of that if we eat emotional eat all the time of course it's going to you could say hinder the actual health of the physical body and so what's the what's the benefit of of that what's what's the importance of having a healthy body well in relationship to that is the clarity of the mind is sort of like, you know, if, if you were looking at the clarity of the mind and the actual vibration of the, you know, our consciousness, how is that expressed through a physical body that's not, say, healthy? 
you know, the, the health of the physical body is an expression of the consciousness that's basically living through it. So the, the relationship we have with the food that we're putting into the body is essential. It's not necessarily something that we have to be very critical about, like, you know, um, you know, very, very strict or very, very uh, serious. You know, it's like we could a lot of people create so much structure and um, in relation to what they eat. And I'm, I won't go too much into this because this is probably something we can go into more in depth in another video podcast. But the main thing is, is, is I'll give the example of my, that's coming to me right now, is that sometimes when I'm out and driving and I'm hungry and all that's around me is sort of like fast food or some kind of stuff, and I, I feel what it would be like if I ate that. And sometimes I do eat it, but necessarily, necessarily I feel very good afterwards. So in a way, I've learned that basically sometimes it's, it's, too, it's just to wait. And in a way, I feel better just by not eating until I find something that actually is... Uh, more beneficial and actually uh, that help assist my body in actually feeling good. And so that in a way is sort of like the relationship we have with our body. And, and this might be, you know, what I'm describing here might be so simple to some of you that are listening to this, but really that is the respecting our body and saying, Okay, what is actually the the benefit of the eating this? If there's really no benefit for the health, say the the feeling of the body, then what is the you know what is the what is the purpose of this scenario? And so it's it's basically the relationship scenario. It's not getting too strict, too structured, but simply relaxing and looking at things and how we're treating ourselves. So let's look at the, some more things regarding the relationship that we have with ourselves. How do we, are, are, as far as like fear, you know, the fear we've talked about in other video podcasts. It's very prevalent in the world today in all kinds of different ways. The example that I have used is when we view things through fear, anger, or hate, we're basically less sort of like blinding ourselves. We're blinded from the actual truth. And something that I posted um, yesterday on Facebook is that fear creates attachments to things that are not true. So the fears that we hold on to basically 
create these attachments to and or beliefs to things that are not true. So really what that means and what's it have to do with relationships? Well, basically, are we truly being truthful with ourselves by holding on to fears? You know, holding on to these fears that are not true. Basically, the, we're holding on to things or under beliefs like that. We're not really being truthful with ourselves because we're holding on to these fears or beliefs. And so, again, that's how we are basically treating ourselves. And if we're living through a space of where we're not being truthful with ourselves because of the things we're holding on to, then how do we expect to, to basically live in a world in harmony and balance? And or how do we expect to have a, a relationship with someone else and that relationship be, say, all uh, you know, nice and peaceful and, um, you know, a... Uh, not filled with drama and um, craziness. <laughs> so, you know, some people will be like, well, you know, fear is a fear and it's a natural thing. I'm not going to go on to all that, but, you know, it's the same thing of like happiness. Are we happy with ourselves? Really, you know, look at the reflections of what we're holding on to regarding these reflections of happiness. So, the one thing that I've learned and uh, and is very, very uh, prevalent and, and that I've seen other people go through this also is if we are not happy... Basically, crazy shit happens in one way or another. Drama is going to happen. If we are not happy with ourselves, crazy shit's going to happen without a doubt because we put ourselves in those situations for that drama to basically happen. We actually created the scenarios of being in a relationship with somebody else that is turns out to be some kind of crazy scenario. It's basically the things that we have put in motion that creates that scenario. And it happens every single time until we basically make a change of how we are viewing ourselves and our own happiness and then those things and traits and so on are reflected into relationships we have. So, without a doubt, you know, if if happiness does not, if somebody is not happy, shit's gonna shit's gonna happen. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So that's you know goes into. The reason why I started this out with the relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important thing in going into the relationship we have with everything else in reality. 
So let's look into now relationships with other people and or let's, before we go into the other people part, the relationship we have with, say, the earth and how we view the earth. Do we view the the earth as an extension of our own physical self or do we view the earth as separate? And as I've shared in my other video, according to what level of our multidimensional self we're viewing this information from will basically determine, you know, how we view everything else. So, you know, some people like mistreat or just throw trash and or leave trash, you know, litter, just totally out of, just don't respect the actual, the earth in itself. And from what I've seen and the way I see it is one of the main reasons why they do not say and or uh, disrespect the earth in a way, in different ways, is because they don't respect their own selves. And that's really where it comes from, is self-respect. You know, it's... um, So, like, the... Leading into the our relationship with the earth. How do we, you know, we treat the earth is basically how we treat ourselves. Are we actually standing up for ourselves like we stand up for um, different things of somebody that throws trash and on, on the ground right in front of us? Do we say, hey, man, uh, you pick that up? Or, hey, do we actually go and pick it up and put it in the trash ourselves? Or, you know, do we participate in, in and through our actions of respect for ourselves and for the earth and our expanded levels of ourself, you know? So the, these, these things of how we've, again, respect um, play a role in how our actions of things outside the physical body So going into, say, um, relationships with other people. In the New Paradigm workshops, this is, this is a, uh, an example that I've shared many times. Is how, you know, to view everyone outside of your, you know, everyone in a as an ascended master and it might be challenging at times so like giving an example we're at the grocery store and the girl bagging your groceries you could tell is not very happy and you sort of like um you know if you say 
her as uh, Mother Mary. So you have Mother Mary, um, you know, obviously frustrated um, for whatever reason, and she's just throwing your your vegetables down through the chute there, and they're all piling up because the thing's continuing to roll and stuff piling up, and of course your your apples are bouncing all over the place, getting bruised. And she grabs your bread and basically squeezes it as she basically tries to swipe and scan it. And you're like, you know, take it easy on my bread there, Mother Mary. You know, chill out. You know, relax. You know, is everything going okay? Um, and so, you know, we could take it in a different way. We could basically get a, a frustrated and, and upset at the same time. Or we can view that basically, you know, the reason why I use the example of uh, an ascended master is because we, most of us, view the ascended masters as, say, love, you know, love without conditions and so on, just without judgment and so on. And so it's just an easy exercise. Then another example would be, um, say, if... Uh, our neighbor, um, Jesus, came out the uh, out the front yard and let his dog out, and runs across the dog runs across the yard, uh, across the street, into our yard, and then takes a uh, shit right there in our yard, and then, you know, he waves at us and you know say, and then he his dog sort of runs back over there, and you're like, hey. Hey man, you know your dog is is shitting in my yard. You're gonna come pick it up, you know. But how do we treat him when we are talking to him? Are we going straight into anger? Are we going straight into fear? Are we when when we're going to go across the street to confront Jesus about his dog shitting in our yard? Are how are we going to talk to him? You know, that's the key. So we're going to go over there and say, "Hey, uh, you mind come picking this up?" You know, being calm, you know, and and uh, being respectful, and um, and you know, or are we going to go over there straight into fear and anger, and you know, move into hate and everything else? So there's different ways to approach things. And that's the what I'm trying to describe here. In our daily lives, we have the opportunity of how we perceive and approach things. So if Jesus gets out of hand, you know, and um, starts throwing, starts the, you know, uh, throwing some arms at us or something like that, you know, you're like, hey, uh, you know, chill out, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have we we don't have to go down that road of Jesus throwing arms or what at at us but um the uh, I thought it was just funny the um so but the key is is how we how we approach things do we go straight into fear do we go straight into anger or do we sit back and analyze take a breath and actually treat 
you know, other people with respect. And even though they might not necessarily be respecting our own space and or um, property or different things, but we do it in a respectful manner. And we keep calm and therefore we're able to basically do, you know, work through these scenarios in a say a much more uh, balanced and harmony, you know, in, in much more balance and harmony. Same thing is like um, say the the most you could say the most the person in in the world that you have the, you know, like sandpaper. When you and this person is the most toxic sandpaper that, you know, everything about this person triggers, you know, trigger, you trigger each other in different things. Even by looking at each other, you're triggering because of the, the relationship that you've had up to that point. And through my experience, and I've tested this out in different scenarios, and the best solution in all of these, even though it might be very challenging at times, is, again, to view that person as... You could view him as an ascended master, but view that person as a teacher, like your teacher. And you could say, ask yourself, what is this person trying to teach me in this scenario? What is this what what is this person trying to teach me about myself? You know, ask yourself these question that question. What is this person treating? teaching me through you know our relationship and and in this relationship that I'm having with this person what is there to learn what do I need to learn basically in order for this this toxic um, battle that happens that's been happening what could I change in order to, to make this basically non-existent course you know some people will be like well i'm going to move on the other side of the planet from this person and i will never see them again um and that will solve the scenario but really that's not going to solve really what is most likely being the reason why that scenario exists in the first place so to change how you are viewing the scenario and and how I found to basically work your way out of that to where you are now working say in a uh, in a different manner with that person you know you can have boundaries you can have um again respect yourself and you can stand up for yourself that's in some in some ways that's basically is what needed 
it needs to happen in some ways to bring harmony balances, basically to stand up and respect yourself and say, no longer going to put up with this person um, talking, you know, uh, or treating me in a certain way or whatever else. And just say, hey, man, or whatever. Um, they might not like it, but again, by changing, by us changing something and continuing to change, like if if you viewed your how we're treating a scenario as a dial, okay, well, I've tried this scenario, let's try this one. And I'm going to change something about myself and see how this reacts in this scenario. I'm going to continue to try this. And, it, and a lot of it has to do with how we actually view the other person. Are we still holding on to hate? Or, you know, is are we still holding on anger? Um, and releasing those things to where we are actually able to see the truth um, of what's going to solve this this scenario. And, you know, moving into, say, a viewing the other person as an extension of your own physical body. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to view these relationships that we have with other people and how we treat the scenarios with these other people, either people that we work with uh, in an office or, you know, a friend or a romantic relationship and so on. It, it has to do how we are, the changes that we make and how we can change how we view the scenario and how we view the other person. And therefore, it relaxes things to where things are no longer toxic and or like sandpaper. They're much more smooth, and even though the other, we don't necessarily, the other person doesn't have to change. That's the key that, you know, that's, is tricky. You know, a lot of people try to get the other person to change, but it's not, it's not necessarily up to them to change. They can be who they wish to be. It's up to us to change ourselves and basically then we can make more of a discernment and or boundaries or decisions that relate to that person and usually in those cases a lot of times is when we change then they're they change automatically because the scenario is no longer a battle it takes two to battle when one person says i'm Basically, I'm not even in a battlefield anymore. The other person's like, okay, where'd they go? You know, no, there's no battle here, so I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing. So, the, you know, going into the, the relationship, say, with um, children and or our family members, like mother, father, and so on, relatives. The 
the one thing to, in a multidimensional perspective regarding these relationships, a lot of the people that are closest to us in our families and so on, we've, we've been, uh, say, in, in other lifetimes, in other combinations of, say, one time we might be a, uh, in one lifetime we might be a uh, husband and wife, where in a, another time we might be a father and a daughter. You know, uh, we might be a, a grandfather and a grandson, you know, or a granddaughter. It's like we play these different roles <clears throat> with people that and or, you know, uh, that we have other experience with. A lot of times we play these roles out. I, I don't necessarily, they, you could view them as contracts, but the their agreements and a lot of times we've we've had you know multiple lifetimes with other people that usually are very close to us in our family groups and or friend groups and so on so some of these um relationships that we're currently playing out we're we're playing out of scenarios to discover something that we did not discover in other lifetime relationships, which could get, you know, you know what we're going into here is a little bit more down the rabbit hole. Um, but really they do play out in everything around us and, and the relationships that we, we have. And so it, to be aware of them is just to have more clarity regarding maybe some of the things that we, the reason why we've gone through certain things. And, you know, people talk about soulmates, uh, soul groups, twin flames, and so on. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. You know, we have these, you know, agreements that we've had with people uh, throughout many lifetimes that we incarnate back and forth, as I mentioned, like with family members. Some of these, uh, I personally, in the topic of a twin flame, and there's some people that, you know, are very much... Uh, in this world, have shared a lot of information regarding twin flames and all this other stuff. Personally, I do not see the aspect of that there is we have twin flames, just a twin flame. I, I don't see it that way. We have other aspects of ourself that are very closely energetically connected to us. But I do not see that like it's portrayed as a twin flame. 
in the same manner, it's sort of like a soulmate. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm searching for a soulmate. And it's been my experience that these other aspects of ourselves that are very closely connected energetically, you could say that, you know, uh, you can call it a twin flame, you can call it a soulmate or whatever, but if we actually connect and or come in contact with some of these other aspects that are very closely connected with us, most of the time it's not going to be a match that perfectly fit together like it's, it's imagined. You know, all these people imagine that, oh, there's going to be a soulmate and, oh, it's going to be so perfect and everything's going to fit together so so nicely, it's going to be so peaceful, and all this other stuff. Uh, I don't see it like that, and I, uh, I see that when we come in contact with people and our aspects that are very closely connected with us energetically, on a multi-dimensional level, it and actually, it, a lot of times is very uh, traumatic um, in a way. It's almost like. Um, or or dramatic, and the reason for this is the closer the energetics are, it almost like it um, brings up the all the anything that we're holding on to. It just like brings it to the surface right away, and it um, triggers. You know, it very might be triggering to each other in one way or another. Um, some of these triggering scenarios and or situations that we might have with these other aspects of ourselves that are very closely uh, energetically connected might be some of the most traumatic, traumatic experiences that we have during our whole life might be with these other aspects of our multidimensional. It's not necessarily a multidimensional expanded self. And those might be those most craziness, crazy scenarios you might ever think, but you would not, we we might not see that you know, and or the reason or who that person really is and how we're connected to them energetically on a multidimensional level at that time. But in time, and if you really look into it, you might be able to see, oh, that's how I'm connected to this person. And the reason why a lot of these, you know, people that might be, you know, in, in the relation of what people view as a twin flame or a twin uh, uh, soulmate or something, um, be this uh, triggering aspect of this, you know, person that's, you know, is very – it 
it's almost magnetically connected, but at the same time, it spurs and or triggers things within us that bring up all this lower density connections. And so in a way, what we're doing on a multidimensional level is triggering each other to let go of the density for personal transformation. And those scenarios are not a lot, you know, a lot of times they're not necessarily the the funnest things to go through um, and or the, the, uh, the most peaceful uh, situations and or relationships we have. Uh, and so I think I've sort of just explained it. The, the, I guess the key that uh, goes into this is, and what some of you might be asking yourselves, well, how do we have a, a relationship with someone? And what's the best way to, to basically have a relationship in a way to, that's going to be a uh, happy, loving experience? Even though it, it might not necessarily be what we envisioned, like looking for a twin soulmate and all this other stuff, is actually just finding, uh, and if you're in that space, uh, not necessarily continually looking, um, the scenario will happen if we basically create the space for the this scenario to happen within our life. It will happen. Um, but we sort of got to change our scenarios to allow it to happen. And it might not always be what we expect. And that's continually reinforced that I see over and over again. It's usually not what we expect. And just in a way, if you're in a relationship and it might not, you're like, well, this is not my twin flame or this is not my twin soul for sure. But um, does the person, you know, do you add uh, certain attributes to each other? Do you work well together? Sort of like, do you complement each other well? Sort of like, does one person, is one person very organized and the other person's not? So you complement each other. One person assists with organizing things and it offsets the other person's that is not organized. You know, you don't have to be the same. Does one person cook really well and the other person doesn't cook. You know, there's different attributes and different things that add, like, benefits that allow for the relationship to work, you know. 
And it's almost like a infinite amount of scenarios that we could go on and talk about. But really, you know, is there attraction there? Of course, if there's not attraction, then of course that's going to create that's going to create a scenario to where it's there's not going to be harmony and balance. So, you know, it's like a I think with the relationships up until this point in the world in a way has we're evolving you know that's the key is to to see that what the way that relationships and how we work together in relationships up until this point has continued to change and it's going to even accelerate and change. And the expectations are the main things that we are expecting certain things either out of certain relationships and out of scenarios that might not even have happened yet. Usually in in, if we're holding on to an expectation of somebody else to do something else or fill a gap or do something for us, then usually those expectations are not going to be filled. And therefore what happens when our expectations are not filled, then usually that goes into unhappiness. And what usually happens if we're unhappy? Crazy shit. Crazy shit usually happens. <laughs> oh man yeah and uh i think um you know all of you and everybody in this world have definitely probably experienced some crazy shit with some relationships and you know it's so the the whole game you know, to, to actually look at it as a game, you know, expectations, all these other people trying, and you're having these visions of certain people fitting into a certain scenario, being a certain way, you know, doing certain things. But really, it's it's just nice to have somebody that you can actually um, have to assist with different things you know it not necessarily has to be a a uh, serious relationship or anything else but you know relationships it's it's a very very multi-layered could be complicated very um, transformative, you know, relationships are, the more that we relax and sort of connect and everything else, it's, that's what really, a lot of times, produces the, the most traumatic and transformative 
changes of how we view our life and so on, it comes out of relationships. So again, as I gave the example earlier, view these scenarios as learning experiences and learn from them, grow from them. If you're repeating a scenario with having, say, the same kind of person in the same thing, obviously there's something that you could change and the reason why you're repeating certain scenarios with other people. And, you know, it's like how, you know, going into the topic of, say, love and falling in love, if you look at this from a multidimensional perspective, when we in the past have said falling in love with someone else. Now look at that from a perspective of love without conditions. Okay? If we are, if there's a space of, and there's a person in physical form out there, okay, that we somehow fall in love with, really look at that, okay? In a way, in order for that to happen, love without conditions was not present in the first place before that because most scenarios in the old paradigm and then up to this point, when someone falls in love with someone else, usually if something happens in that relationship, someone does something, it changes something, and then they they somehow, they break up and there is no more love in that scenario, okay? That wasn't a relationship of love without conditions. It was a relationship of love with conditions. <laughs> and when those conditions, conditions changed, so did the relationship. So, the key is, again, going back to the, the relationship we have with ourselves. Where is the love without conditions that we are living in and radiating out all the time? 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And basically, there's not a scenario of this going into love with conditions and when those conditions change and then there's no more relationship and there's no more love. That's, that's the old, that is the old love with conditions. It's not love without conditions. So 
in how I view things now with, you know, in, in love with conditions of all, of all people in all forms is extensions of my own self, you know, and so there's not a, um, I don't see a scenario of this. I see the old paradigm is where we had relationships of love with conditions where the new paradigm, new earth and so on is love without. And when we live in that space, basically that goes into all of the scenarios and all of the relationships we have with all people and it creates a whole new dynamic, you know. It creates a whole new space. And um, it's almost like uh, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to, to even put into words. I think in a way, you know, some people have probably used the, I've seen used the phrase, new paradigm relationships or the new earth relationships and all these different things. In a way, I think we are just at the point right now to where we even have the opportunity to come in contact with someone else in the scenario that I'm talking about or trying to describe because there's still so much duality and transformation taking place through our physical bodies right now. There's so much purging that's continuing. There's still so much transformation that is continuing. And, you know, if you find yourself sort of yearning for someone else to fulfill a side of you, you know, fulfill a part of your life and or something, Really look at why. Why do you feel that? Why? Are, where is this coming from? Remember that you are already full. You are already wholeness. You do not need anyone or anything to fill any part of your life and or fill a gap that you might sense or see because we are already everything in all different ways. So, you know, again, perspectives, reflections, observation, view yourself, how you view things, release those perspectives, change how you view it, how you view yourself. I think the... Going forward, you know, how we relate to one another in relationships in the new in the new paradigm, whatever. You know, it even the old patterns, just looking at the old patterns, I'm just y'all use this example. Traditionally, from what we've known, 
is that the the man instigates a relationship sort of like the man has to approach the woman and the woman you know uh, responds in a way that it in a, a lot of different ways if you look at nature okay and and what's happened with human race for hundreds or thousands of years is if we've been in the you got to remember we've been in in a distorted state of control and manipulation and played this toxic game of men and women uh, battling each other and controlling each other and all different kinds of crazy shit, okay? So just letting go of some of these old scenarios of expectations of certain ways that things have to work out, I see those things are what's going to majorly change going into the future. You know, to give an example, as I was given the example of in the old paradigm, you know, usually it was the man instigated uh, a relationship with a woman, and the woman would respond. In nature, if you look at things, it's usually the woman that sort of is what instigates and the man responds. So in a way, we have, uh, as humans, been living uh, opposite of hum- of uh, nature. Of, in a way, in regarding relationship relationships, I'm not talking, uh, some people will probably be taking this down a, a, another rabbit hole, but let me just continue on with what I'm trying to say here. The, if you look at the earth, okay, and the sun, and everybody talks about freaking solar flares and all these different things, what most people are not taking in perspective, they're thinking, well, oh, here comes a solar flare from the sun, and it's going to mess up the, and and the earth is going, um, Shields are going to, you know, it's it's a solar storm, basically, on Earth or whatever. What people are not taking into consideration, okay, is that the Earth in itself, along with all the other planets, are not victims of solar flares. They're, the solar flares are not forced upon the Earth. What's going on is the actual Earth, Mother Earth, is making the decision, basically open, is making the decision, I am open to a solar flare. I am open to more energy. I am open to more plasma. She's making the decision. She is instigating the actual scenario. The sun, you can call it Father, Son, or whatever, is then responding to 
the Earth's decision. Either sending out a blast in this direction, CME or whatever, but it's not the sun that is instigating the scenario. The Earth is what instigates the scenario of openness, and that's the reason why the solar flare happens is when the Earth is ready. It's not the opposite. That's what we've been programmed to believe. The same thing with all the other planets. It's the opposite of what we think. It's when we, when the openness is there, then you're filled. It's the same freaking, it's the same principle. The earth is not a victim of solar flares. The earth instigates these, and basically that's how these uh, these things go. So the feminine is what instigates in nature. The masculine responds. So they played a role of harmony and balance. And, uh, but it's not a matter of dominance. Of dominating one dominates the other. It works in combination. That's the natural order, basically, is what I'm describing. So, it's, it's a, just, I guess, the biggest thing that I'm trying to put out and the reason why I'm describing things in this way is to let go of the expectations of the old and the old ways that things used to work and have worked up till this point. To be open to new views of relationships in different ways. Allow those changes to take place within yourself. Allow to new. To know that there's no, in the natural order, there is no, um, there is no control, manipulation, or dominance. It's complete harmony and balance, working in tandem in all aspects. There's no pressure to change. So, like the the sun is not pressuring the earth to change. The sun is only providing what the earth is ready to do and or what is open for. And when the earth is ready to change, she's going to change. And um, the same goes with everyone and everything else. Um, Plants, animals, people, Consciousness, you know, we can let go of the, all the distorted views and um, allow change to happen within ourselves, you know. So I think that uh, I have no idea how long I've gone on here.
And that's the beauty of these video podcasts, to basically just be able to allow this, uh, for me to be able to share and allow the information to flow. I hope this information assists uh, you, and if it has, you know, give it a, a like button, hit the old like button. And please share this information in the video podcast and in its different forms with other people. That's the only way that basically, um, and that's the reason why I'm providing this information, is just for assistance in these uh, in the series of self-mastery. So I hope you all have a nice one. And... Uh, This wraps up the 10th episode of the uh, Abracadabra video podcast. See you next time, my friends.